You're listening to Butchertown Rundown, a racing Louisville podcast and the official podcast of the Lavender Legion. Welcome to the Butchertown Rundown, a podcast about the only top-tier professional sports team in the great Commonwealth of Kentucky. I am Tom Benson, here with Caitlin Whiteside, Becky Morgan. The team has been back for a week. They're doing fitness tests, making sure they're in shape. They're doing a lot of running. Morgan, I pulled a hamstring just reading about their preseason workouts. How are we feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling thrilled. I think that all signs are pointing to everybody just being pumped and excited. Uh, Bev had a brief meeting with the... uh, media on Wednesday and I believe it came up during that that she needed to actually like slow players down and tell them to like to settle like usually you're telling them like come on guys like let's get going let's get the energy up like we have to get going and no she's like guys we're not there yet calm down so like that's how pumped everybody is the um our coach is actually having to tell people to, to chill and calm down so I I like that energy yeah, I got to agree with you there, Becky. Uh, we've got an exciting coach. We've got some really exciting signings. Um, Aaron Wright plays for racing now. I mean, how how cool is that? <laughs> Kentucky native Aaron Wright. Um, we also have Taylor Flint, formerly Corniak. So Which, funny story, app- funny story. Yeah. Tom wrote in our chat. <laughs> man, we could really use a player with some height. And I was like, well, we're going to get one. <laughs> and he was going to write, and he didn't. He was going to write, who are we going to get, Taylor Corniak? LOL. That is absolutely true. So everybody that is on the Lavender Legion chat that's like, hey, Becky, you know, are you holding back tips? You holding back stuff? It's like Becky Morgan has been my friend for three years. We've done this podcast together. We've laughed. We've cried but she will not uh, imbue her journalistic integrity to tell me that uh, we have signed a very tall player when I am asking (laughs) and expressing concern (laughs) that we do not have a lot of tall players on the roster. It is the preseason. Everybody's excited. And I mean, the excitement is getting overwhelmed. And Becky and Caitlin, I did not think that a conversation with somebody from uh, racing member experience uh, services, member experience specialist, Margot Robbie, would get me more. (laughs) Margot Ricks. If we talked to Margot Robbie, that would be huge news. Exclusive. Keep your heart out. She's investing in the team. (laughs) That is is a big investment of the team. So Barbie. She's probably, you know what, we're just going to assume that uh, Margot Robbie's application is still in process, but someone whose so application is not in process haven't gotten to Margot Robbie yet. is Margot Ricks. And no, Margot, we had a great conversation with Margot, uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of great tips. Um, what'd y'all think? Yeah, there's a lot lined up this year. Uh, Margo seems really excited, and that excitement was really infectious. I think all three of us kind of came away from it like, wow, I'm like 
really pumped about um, being a season ticket member and also just this upcoming season. And just the way things are trending for the team um, Mm -hmm. in terms of sales and the fact that, I mean, there's exciting stuff coming up, even if you're not a season ticket holder. And I think people are going to be excited to hear that as well. Some different ticket options and event options. And so, I mean, I think we should get to it, but we also had the chance to speak to Ryan Dell and he previewed some really exciting stuff and some behind the scenes information about what's been going on in the preseason, how some of these trades came about, some of his feelings about how some things are happening. I, I don't know. I, I That got me even more pumped. So I think we have a lot of exciting content this episode. All right. Well, let's hear from Margo. And now we are here with a special guest on the Butchertown Rundown, Margo Ricks, who is a membership experience specialist with Soccer Holdings, helping all of us racing fans out with all of our ticketing needs. Margo, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Any day that I can work with racing fans and see y'all is, is a day that's great for me. So all in all, doing all right. Oh my gosh, put that on a bumper sticker. Margo, <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how you ended up uh, with the position that you have. Yeah, so uh, I recently graduated with a uh, bachelor's degree in sport administration from the University of Louisville. So go cards. We'll shout them out there. Um, But I started with Soccer Holdings in August of 22 as a ticket service intern. And then in January, transferred over to a ticket operations job and then a little couple months after that, I switched over into a membership job, and I have just loved it ever since. So here we are. Here we are. And Margaret, we asked you specifically because we wanted to talk about season tickets and all the fun stuff that is planned for this upcoming season. And just to start it off, how are season ticket sales going right now? Um, absolutely incredible. I, I I say it with a smile on my face because it's it's just about daily at this point where we're getting um, ticket sales after ticket sales, season tickets, uh, the great stories we get as well. It's just something that you can be so proud of. And we see that work that was, you know, built not a day, but built from you all and built from our community. And then uh, with the fantastic staff we have, I mean, it's, it's just incredible. We surpassed our goal for season ticket sales for the, the year so far uh, way early. That was a tremendous moment for us because nice. it kind of just reiterated uh, the, the incredible, incredible work that you all have nice. done and, and nice. everyone's done in the community. So uh, we're already done that. We're working towards our next goal, trying to really just crush it and keep crushing it. And like I said, we, we see daily sales um, and, and, and sometimes it's it's bigger days than others. But I mean, to see that constant um, desire of people in our community wanting to come out and see a racing match is something that we're just so proud of. Yeah, and and Margo, that's that's all really exciting. Can you talk about some of the events that you have going on this this season for season ticket members? Yeah, so this year we're going to bring back our tactical DNA sessions, the film sessions that we had this year. I think we only did one last year, so it's my full intent to be able to do multiple kind of spread across the season. You know, they've got a busy season, but we've got so many folks that are willing to chip in and help and and show that kind of side of it. So we're definitely looking to increase the number of those as well. And then same with the fan-attended 
training sessions. So we're going to bring folks out, get them right there uh, on the fence line as the ladies in lavender practice and they'll get to meet them afterwards. And so that's always exciting. We're going to have those throughout the year. And then we're working on more events as we go on. Um, you know, I always tell people, and it's kind of exhausted at this point. I think they're tired of hearing it from me, but I, I tell them I can sit at my desk every day and think of a million different ideas and say, these are all great. Um, but, you know, having that buy-in from season ticket members, which I'm trying to do moving forward, is really going to help us in the development of other events that we have this year. So I'm very excited about that. But we've got a lot on the docket. I think we're also going to try and have like an open house, if you will, for season ticket members. I think one of the things that I've identified personally in the past is SeatGeek can kind of be, uh, it can be difficult at some points if you're just new to the app. So hoping to have an event to where people can meet their ticketing reps, kind of learn more about SeatGeek itself, how to get their tickets, all of that fun stuff, hopefully taking place before the season happens so we can all meet each other and kind of answer those questions. So hoping that's the, the next one, but we've got a lot of fun stuff planned for the rest of the year. Wow. Now you mentioned a lot of different things and we're going to talk about some different things going forward here, but I want to press pause because did you talk about tactical sessions? Because our new manager, Bev Yanez, will not say anything about the tactics. Becky asks her, local media asks her, what are we going to do? And she's like, no, I will not tell you anything. It's a secret. But you're saying that the coaching staff will talk to season ticket members about what some of the tactical goals are with the club, because that sounds that sounds pretty cool. Now, you know, that, that might not be the case in particular. I think last season, the way we did it, uh, we had somebody kind of explain what our, our vision is like. Um, so, you know, she, she keeps that close to the, to the vest right there. So um, that's kind of like the Fort Knox right now of trying to access that. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as, you know, being able to being able to show people the process of, you know, what we look for in video. I think that's what we'll try to accomplish again this season for sure. Yeah. That, that event was really, really cool last year. I think Becky and I both got to go to it Yeah, and it was, it was really informative without, you know, giving too much away, but just kind of going, giving an overview of like, this is how we, you know, talk about set pieces and this is what we look like or look for. And yeah. So yeah, and it's always really awesome to kind of show off the the facility that we do have. Uh, to be able to offer that to our athletes is something that's just, you know, I, I we, that's something that's a credit once again to the community is they're coming into a, a five-star facility and to be able to have those resources is something that we kind of want to show off as well. So we talked about some of the stuff that was for just season ticket members like those are special things where you have to be a season ticket member in order to attend right but we just heard about something else fun that's happening which is the thunder racing match this season and that's open to anybody mm -hmm. so can you tell us a little bit about that yeah absolutely i mean i this is gonna be something that's so exciting i love thunder as it is but to have it coupled with a racing match is just it is awesome so um, you know, back to this season to remember just a, just a little bit. It's a wonderful perk for our SDMs this year 
because it's already included in your season ticket member package is that match. So you don't only get the match that day, but you get the whole day. You get to come in early, you get to see the air show, then we're going to have a movie after, um, and then the fireworks. So it's a whole day affair. And then, of course, if you have a parking pass already, that's that's included in it. So a ton of ben- tons of benefits there. But also the huge thing is we're hosting a Thunder event, all-day event, in a beautiful stadium um, and we get to bring so many people that it might be their first time one family stadium might be their first time to a racing match. So what an, what a, an amazing opportunity for us and, and for fans alike um, to be able to say, Hey, yeah, come on out, see the, see the fireworks, see the, the air show, but also see NWSL's best team. I mean, what it really doesn't get better than that. So um, no, it's going to be awesome. I think we're we, yeah we hopped right on that opportunity um, to be able to get that. So uh, very excited to see it through and um, excited to get some new faces out there as well. Are there any other theme days or anything you can tease yet for us? I do have Phil the fam as for the other ones. um, uh, Just, just the final stages of it. Got some very cool things that I'm very excited about, Uh, but I can say that Phil the fam will be June 29th. So that's going to be an awesome day. I'm excited to work with folks to get get Lynn Family Stadium absolutely packed. I want it standing room only. And so I will bend over backwards to make sure that happens. So <laughs> you all let me know what I can do and we will we will get it done. But I want every seat filled in that place because it's going to be great. Likewise, we will do everything <laughs> we can too. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. And um, do you want to talk about the uh, like half season packages and and mini plans that people who maybe don't necessarily live in Louisville but might still want to come in town? Like maybe you live in Lexington and you want mm-hmm. to come in for a game every once in a while. Um, yeah, just talk a, a bit about those. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna have our half season and new mini plans go on sale next week. So I believe we might have like a mint, violet, and. Uh, maybe lavender or purple, but there'll there'll be three different options for our mini plans. Um, And so each mini plan, it's going to come with uh, a ticket to the home opener, but then you'll, you'll have the option uh, or have the choice to choose between the different options that will have three other major matches that we have throughout the season. Um, Not particularly sure what, what those look like, but I'd imagine something like your Gotham's uh, things like that. So folks will get, Four package, a four ticket package option there. And then with our half season, it's going to be uh, seven matches that you'll be able to pre select. So it's different than our flex pack where you can have that flexibility to pick whenever you want. Um, but the half season will be the seven up front and you can pick them ahead of time and then you're all set. But I think the really great thing is that we're we're adding those mini plans that will that will be really a good draw for for our folks in Lexington, once again, in Cincinnati. Uh, I hear a lot from Indianapolis too. So that's always fun to hear. I'm like, yeah, come on down, come on down to the, the bright side down here. So um, we're excited to get those out of town visitors and give them something more options uh, to be able to come check us out and, and support. So for those fans in Lexington who are like Aaron Wright, hometown girl, UK, true blue, coming back to compete here in the bluegrass state, Are those fans, if they get a season pack, uh, one of those ticket packs that you're mentioning, 
My guess, tell me if I'm wrong, is that buying one of those season uh, partial packs would be less than face value if they wanted to wait and buy those tickets uh, day of the match. Yes, that is correct. So there, there will be a discount to that as well. So you will be saving uh, versus those advanced prices. So, Speaking of Aaron Wright, I mean, you've been out in the community and everything. Have you heard excitement about this home state player coming back to, to play here? Absolutely. You know, as a, as a Louisville grad, I've never been more um, excited to welcome a, a UK uh, <laughs> product with, with open arms. So, no, we're, we're truly excited. I mean, she's a fantastic ambassador for the state, and I, I know she's going to be the same for, for racing. But I just worked an event in Lexington over the weekend, and I, I can't tell you how many people coming up and be like, Racing Louisville, Aaron Wright. I'm like, you're correct. And they're like, we have to get out there. I'm like, you do. You don't want to miss it. But I, you know, if I were to say, if I were to guesstimate, it would probably be eight out of 10 people uh, that were coming up to us. Wow. They, they took all the racing stickers, all the racing magnets there. You know, if they were asking, hey, did you all just sign Aaron Wright or hey, I've got to go see Aaron Wright. It was just Aaron Wright, Aaron Wright, Aaron Wright. Um, so we're so excited about that and the possibility of bringing those fans over and really UK fans all across the state and beyond because um, I think that speaks a lot to her character and her personality to have such a large contingent just ready to fire on down 64 for her. And all I can say is come on down. You'll, you'll enjoy it. So. And as someone that lives in Lexington and does that trip normally, it's not that bad, people. Come on. <laughs> right. Do, I do it every game. You can do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's worth it. I mean, and, you know, as someone that's not uh, a Kentucky native, you know, I respect it. You got the Cardinal Red. You got the UK Blue. You put the Red and Blue together. You get the Purple. I mean, this is yeah. this is our team. So, Margo. You have been a tremendous uh, guest. You've had so much great information for us. Have we missed anything? Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Yeah, um, I, I'll say that um, if we haven't talked about it yet, the season ticket member of the match. So uh, every home match this season, we're going to be honoring one of our fantastic season ticket members that comes with perks, uh, usually something that, uh, you know, is very exclusive, limited to the person, the individual being honored, honored, you know, seat upgrades, the whole nines. Uh, we try to roll out that lavender carpet for you and make you feel special and welcome. So I've, I've thrown that link to y'all and those donations that page is live. So we'll take nominations. Um, the selection process is usually kind of over the season. So um, we'll be working through that and making sure that, we honor those folks that have done so much for us. So happy to so, do that. Fantastic. A quick, quick, quick follow up on that. Now, um, on the Butchertown Rundown podcast, uh, there are three co-hosts. Two of those co-hosts have been <laughs> season ticket holders of the match. If there was someone that wanted to nominate himself or herself, <laughs> is that is that allowed? Could someone that wanted to nominate himself for season ticket holder of the match, would he be able to do so? Absolutely. Absolutely. That link, that link is open uh, to all and, and all nominations. So if someone, a friend, I don't know, felt so inclined <laughs> to nominate themselves or someone else felt so inclined to nominate uh, that person, 
more than more than welcome to. Excellent information for Hope McPepper, who I know really is excited to <laughs> uh, to nominate herself. So sure, sure, sure. So last thing, I have heard that there might be a fan council starting this Ooh. season. As we are getting ready to wrap up, can you uh, send us off with a little information about that? That sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the things we're going to introduce this season, which I personally am so incredibly proud of, um, is something that we, we want to honor you all with, is a Racing Louisville fan council. So we want to make sure that our fans are being heard. We're connecting with them. We get their feedback. So one of my personal goals this year that I'm working towards is, is putting that council together, doing it right, honoring you all in the, in the best way that we can. And so through that, we're, we're trying to get a group together, group of season ticket members, um, quite possibly even non-season ticket members, just trying to get the whole group um, and getting that group together to work throughout the season through occasional meetings. I, we're, we're not entirely sure of what the timeline will be there, but just meetings to work with front office, different departments, get feedback on things such as season tickets, season ticket member benefits, membership events, merchandise, just, just general game day experience. And then I know Ryan wants a lot of involvement in that as well. So it'll be a unique opportunity for our fans to kind of sit down face-to-face -face with Ryan, who's just been phenomenal, um, but sit down with him, share their thoughts with him. So that's something that I, th I think I'm just, I'm just floored um, by the buy-in that I've seen. It's, it's truly exciting because, you know, as a sports fan, I've been a sports fan my entire life. I think uh, I, I came out the womb supporting teams and, and <laughs> loving sports. So, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been a season ticket member myself. I, I still am to this day. So this has been a big project for me. I, I just want to make sure that we're honoring the, the fan, the everyday fan, the person that invests their time, their money, everything with us um, that deserves to be heard, recognized. And so that's something I wanted to take on. And the fact that I'm able to do it this year is something that I, I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, am so excited about. And I cannot wait to get it started because, you know, it, it's something that I wanted to do for a while. And to get that that go ahead and that green light is just is just really something that I look forward to and, and um, you know, putting putting into the works and just getting it live is, is going to be awesome. So we can expect to probably see that application process coming out, or application and nomination process. So it's going to be a little bit of both, kind of like the season ticket member of the match, where you can either nominate somebody or apply yourself. But uh, I expect that process to be finalized and go out here within the, the next couple of weeks. I think we're kind of expediting it um, to make sure that we can get that, get that going ahead of the season. That's very important to me and very important to everyone else. So I would keep an eye on that. That'll probably be blasted out everywhere. And then um, I, I would say that turnaround prime pro, turnaround time for selection process would be pretty, pretty quick as well. I love it. You all heard it here first. Racing Louisville fan council, council starting this season. That's that's I love it. I love the the great work you're doing for the team as well, Margo. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it's, it's truly been a pleasure. I hope I hope I can convey how, how truly honored I am to be able to uh, have that trust from you all and have that uh, 
inclusion there. So I'm happy to speak on it anytime and uh, greatly enjoyed talking with you all. So Margo, if someone is listening to this podcast right now and they, and maybe now is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, walking the dogs and they think, you know what? That Margo Ricks sounded nice, (laughs) but if I called soccer holdings, if I called the 800 number and I asked for Margo, is she going to want to talk to me? Is that going to be weird? Like, what would you say? No, call me, talk to me. If you want to say, Hey, I heard you on the podcast say that. If you want to say, Hey, I have this idea uh, for an event or, or something of the likes, call me. Uh, my line is open. And like I said, if, if it's something to where it's somebody being heard and, and they're sharing feedback with me and they feel like someone's buying in, I, I want them to be able to call me and, and we'll talk about it. So um, I can get my direct line. I can get my email, whatever works best for you all. Why don't you give your email? Yeah. So it is M Ricks. That is M R I C K S at lucity.com. Fantastic. And you've also told us that if you have more general racing questions or just want to inquire about any season ticket packages or just have any questions in general, go ahead and you can email racing tickets at racingloufc.com. That's racing tickets at racingloufc.com. Is that correct? That is correct. And if for some reason, um, if someone's reached out and they haven't heard in a couple of days or it's been longer than usual, they can feel free to shoot me an email as well. And just say, hey, I sent this over to the general inbox. Haven't heard anything. Can you help? I, I'm, I'm always there. So I'm more than happy to figure that out and get you sorted. Love it. Love it. Again, thank you so much. I love this enthusiasm. I love hearing all the great things that are happening, the season tickets that are selling. Just feels like we're we're setting up for a good year this year. I feel really positive about everything. You and me both. I mean, I you know, I, it's it's. I hope I can convey that that genuine genuine passion and excitement because it's hard to keep a smile off my face when talking about racing. I mean, you know, the 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 exciting things yet to yet to be announced and yet to come is something that is going to be great, and I'm looking forward to a fantastic season. Excellent. Last question, though, Margo. Very quickly, who scores the first racing goal of the year? Go. Oof. Come on. No. Time <laughs> question. Uh, Pressure's on. Oh, my gosh. Is it weird? I Well, I'll, you know what? I'll say Ari. Awesome. I'll throw that out there. I guess. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Love it. And it's, and it's going to be a stunner, too. So mark that down. When she does it. Yes. You can thank me. When she does it, time for time for a race. Give Margo a race. Margo, <laughs> thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. And call Margo with any of your questions. Please do. Come on down. Thank you all so much. Back in the day, uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, called himself the most exciting man in sports entertainment. I think Margo Ricks can say that she is the most exciting person in membership experience specialisms. <laughs> Because she was fired up and it got me fired up. I'm glad I'm a season ticket member. But even if you're not, uh, it is definitely worth you know, giving her a call, shooting her an email. Really, give her a call. I, I got the feeling that uh, if you don't give her a call, she's going to be working on a spreadsheet all day. No one wants that. So uh, <laughs> it'll be fun for her. And if you are on the fence about buying racing tickets, you should buy them. Because if there is anything to get you even more fired up 
about racing, you're fired up for Bev. You're fired up for the new signings. You're listening to Margot Ricks and saying, wow, that was pretty exciting. But we have an interview with general manager Ryan Dell. And even after the three of us have been recording for a good long while on a Monday night, oh man, Whiteside, I'm even more fired up. Absolutely. And after talking with Ryan, I just, I feel like the club couldn't be in better hands. I mean, the guy just knows what he's doing. He's got ideas. He cares about the club and the players and the community as well as the fans and supporters and, and really getting their input in as well. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed talking with him. And I will say that, you know, someone who's talked to Ryan several times since he was hired, he's always been positive about the team. He's always been a great presence. And, you know, I've always felt like someone who's leading the club in a, in the right direction but the last few times I've talked to him, including today, I've never felt him this excited about the direction of the club. And this just like unquestionably positive about the direction. And again, I want to stress not that he's ever been negative. It's just that it feels like we've tapped into a new level of <laughs> excitement everywhere, you know from season tickets to the general manager to the players it's just like everything just feels like it's vibing in the right direction and i think you're going to feel the same way after you listen to this interview so ryan thank you so much for joining us uh the team has now finished about one week of preseason so far tell us how are the vibes of the players how are the new arrivals meshing with the rest of the squad so far Vibes are off the chart. I think the best that we, you know, this group has ever shared that the preseason has started. Uh, they're excited for Bev and the technical staff that she's put around her. Um, we had a young or a player that came in uh, in a trade that had been in the league a long time, and, and it was about two days in, and she sits down in Bev's office and she she uh, starts tearing up. And we're trying to figure out, you know, what's wrong, and she goes, "Bev, this is the best two training sessions I've ever had in my career." I wish I would have come here earlier. And when you, you think of it like that, holy cow, are we often flying. So I, I think the players have all come in. We're, everyone's here, but but one uh, two of the signings, um, which we're waiting on pieces. So we, we feel good. Uh, the veterans have, have meshed in well with the rookies. Um, they're taking care of them. And I think we're just ready to, to start playing soccer. Yeah, what observations have you made about the team with Bev at the helm uh what does she bring to the team that's different than what we've seen previously Bev's level of detail is incredible even today she spent hours with uh, her technical staff around her working on the review of the 11s we played over the weekend she spent uh, a lot of time planning a session she's now starting to integrate her style of play um you know after players have gotten back and gotten comfortable being back in Louisville and she's <laughs> out on the field coaching Mitch has been an incredible addition obviously Sergio's done a great job and we're of course trying to fill the assistant coach position and, and there is some progress in that um Bev just brings such a confidence you know we, we our her first meeting with the team set expectations set standards set the DNA in the the direction she wants to go and, and there's incredible buy-in from from all the players uh, towards what Bev's doing Ryan, there have been some big acquisitions so far this offseason. 
just to name a few, Aaron Wright, uh, Linda Metallo, uh, Taylor Flint. How did these transactions come about? They're all very different, I think. I think that's what's the, the beauty <laughs> of it all, is everything is, is very different. Um, let's, I mean, Aaron Wright <clears throat> was a, a conversation. I'll give you a little bit of insight into the glamorous life of being a general manager here. I mean, we had talked about the trade for Aaron Wright, I think before Christmas even, or right around Christmas. Um, on the night before the draft, it was 11 o'clock. We were trying to grab something to eat after league meetings and all these things. And I remember stepping out of the table and negotiating that trade while standing in front of a California pizza kitchen in Anaheim, California, for over an hour. And I thought we were <laughs> I went to bed. And it fell through, candidly, it fell through the morning of the draft. The Aaron Wright trade was was dead um, after a face-to-face -face meeting with Chicago. And then we were able to pull it back through right before um, the draft. So it was a very bunch of highs and a bunch of lows. Um, you know, Linda Metallo, we, we I've actually saw her while looking at a different player uh, as we looked to how do we build around, you know, the replacement of Tembi. So, you know, those things, you know, come through and, and you see players and you have the engagement with the agent and, Obviously, there's a transfer fee associated with that one, so making sure uh, the price made sense from Glasgow uh, City, and then the Taylor Flint trade was was just relationships. Uh, you know, we started talking about the night of the draft. Um, there's really no off time when you're a GM. I've learned, especially in the off season, um, and we started talking about that, and then that one progressed pretty quickly. So some of these take weeks, some of them take days, some of them take hours. So as mentioned, you brought in some very experienced, successful players into the club this year. And I think a lot of people have questions about, you know, how some of this stuff is is handled on the back end because, you know, a player like Wright, well, I mean, we already have defenders. So how do you discuss things like playing time with players? You know, Flint comes in, well, we already have a bunch of midfielders. How do you have these discussions with players when you're bringing them in? And how do you discuss the role they might play on the team yeah i think it's not just me it's bev and as well and, and making sure we're transparent we want the players to come in here and, and feel valued we want them to come in and grow our club and i think the one thing we really want to do is push and bev talks about this a lot is when monday through friday how do we increase the level of of soccer on the training pitch i noticed a lot with a national team the level you could tell candidly within half a session at the national team if a player was going to make it or not as bad as that sounds that sounds very cutthroat but it's the truth and bev wants to come in and, and elevate um our training sessions and that's going to make players better especially when you look at our young midfield our young our, our young front line now and, and that is going to help us win on saturdays as we kind of say um so how do we bring these players in push competition and it's a long season. I couldn't believe how long 2023 was. It's it's such a long season. You don't realize it till you're in it. Um, and I never realized it from the outside, just how much of a grind it is, especially as you get into August, um, you know, late July, August. And injuries happen. Uh, we want to make sure we, we feel good when players go to the Olympics. We know that's going to happen. How do we make sure that we have the roster to get through a full season? Um, and, and candidly, Bev doesn't promise – playing time to anyone. And I love that, that concept. So it becomes, how do you uh, earn your minutes every single week? And it's a competition Monday through Friday. And then on Saturday, we all get to reap the reward. Can I, can I jump in with just something excellent that you said there or uh, to follow up, you had said just now 
Bev doesn't promise minutes to anyone. And I wonder, as you were making the decision, because bringing in the next manager fell on your plate, what did, how did that sound to you? Was that something I'm guessing she mentioned in the interview? Um, you know, kind of talk us through when she first said that to you, what your response was. I mean, it's true. I think you, you can't promise anything to anyone in this world. Things change at the drop of the hat every single day. And, and Bev always talked about driving competition. I love that. When I was at the Nashville team, what I would say, this is, a, this is true, is until you get on that airplane to go to an Olympics, to go to a World Cup, to go to a qualifier, and that door shuts, there's no guarantee you're going to get on that plane and you're going to go to that event. I used to say, even as a full-time employee at the Federation, you're only as good as your last camp. If I struggle in a camp, there was no guarantee I was going to get the opportunity back. So I think she's now bringing that almost sort of mentality of you have to work every single day. There are no off days. There's no time where you can just phone it in because there's somebody there who wants your spot. And I love that. I think that's incredible. And Bev is, is leading from the front, leading by example. She works harder than anyone. And uh, I'm excited to see what she does this year. It seems like a number of the players that were signed this year have a, a lot of flexibility across positions that they play. Maybe they played one position at uh, the other, their old club, and they're going to play somewhere slightly different here, uh, specifically across the back line. Like Aaron Wright can play outside back, center back. Uh, some of the forwards, like Raylan Turner, can play centrally or on the wing. Was flexibility and versati versatility something you were intentionally looking at when drafting and recruiting players this year? It's a great question. Yes. We felt last year we were too rigid. So finding players who can play different positions. You look at Alinda Metallo, she can probably go out and play on the seven and you know, on the seven, she can come in at 10. Um, you could Kurosaki can play as a six or an eight, or she can play as a 10. Um, you talk about the flexibility of Aaron Wright playing across four positions. That candidate, that flexibility is what allowed a trade like the Julia Lester trade to occur because now all of a sudden you have a, a veteran player who can play across that entire back line who, who's competed at the highest level in this league. Um, Ellie Jean can play outside beyond the left. She can play, you know, center back across. So creating that versatility, Marissa Vigiano, another one, we can, we can go down and down the list as we go. Creating the versatility was important because that helps create, again, drive the competition, allow us when we're going through Olympics and we're missing, you know, the Savannah DeMellos of the world, but hopefully the Taylor Flints of the world, we can find players that'll fill into those positions relatively seamlessly. And I think building off that, um, when looking at all the changes that have been made this year on the roster, what, in your opinion, is the biggest difference between this year's roster and last year's roster? I think it's the depth and, and the experience in the league. Um, the truth is, is, is this team's going to play a little bit different style of play than it did last year. And, and so finding players that fit into that role was important, that fit into that style of play was important. Everyone says we got you have too many midfielders. Well, there's there's a theory behind that, right? There's we didn't we're not just collecting midfielders, there's a there's a point to it. So finding players that fit best style of play was important, but also um, you know, finding that versatility, finding that depth, and creating that competition. I mean, sessions are incredibly competitive now. And and I think that's so amazing. We're making everyone better every single day. 
and that's what's exciting about what we're doing for 2024. In the opinion of uh, the three of us, uh, Caitlin, Becky, and myself, uh, and feel free to disagree, but last year we thought that uh, racing's biggest problem was scoring goals consistently. Um, would you agree? And how do you? Th- and if so, how do you think you've helped solve that problem in the off season? Well, we returned. I mean, about seventy percent of our goals from last year. So we feel good about bringing back the goals. Now, it's funny, the stat came to me last week. We scored the same number of goals as Gotham did. So did we score too many goals? Did we score too little? Is that, I'll leave that up to you guys. But I do think we have a couple of things that we're doing, style of play, that will will help produce more goals. Um, I think you know we, we feel good about where we're at with the, the players we've brought in. Um, and, of course, we're always going to try to continue to make our roster better, um, which is a call I had not too shortly before we jumped on the phone is how do we continue to make our roster better? And, and we're in the process of doing it. Any, uh, do you want to elaborate on that, on uh, how you're making the roster better, maybe adding, making some additions to the team? Uh, anything like that? I think, I think we've made a lot of great additions to this squad. I think the squad yes. is raring and ready to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though we apparently have a collection of midfielders, Bev and I joke about that almost daily. And uh, <laughs> We are, we're always going to look to make our team better. And that's that's uh, where we're at with that. All right. Thank you. So last year, Savannah DeMello started the season just like absolutely on fire. And then she's talked about this as well. But her play after the World Cup never quite got back to the early season level. And, and she struggled with some of the emotional and mental burden of going through the whole experience of the World Cup tournament. You have tremendous experience on the national team side. So have you learned anything on the club side about managing and supporting players through international breaks and experiences like that, especially after difficult results? Yeah, you just have to be there for people. You know, there's a lot of highs and lows in football, whether it's club, whether it's international. But how do we support them with resources? How do we support them with with care in the club environment? You know, they return home after those difficult stretches it's it's amazing to me i remember coming home after even even just a normal international window when i was at the national team and i would crash for two days i I would it would be miserable to come back and and try and get back into normal life and and to come back into a club environment now uh is challenging so i think it's how do you reduce accumulated load we talked about this a lot at the national team and that's something i tried to bring in here is how do we limit where players are flying to and from um, how do we be smart about that and reducing air miles as much as we can? Obviously, we're in a difficult market with Louisville, but we, I think the league sent out, we, we will travel about 35,000 miles next season for away games, um, which believe it or not, I think is second least in the, in um, the league. So that wow. helps. Yeah. It's surprising, right? Like I think that's the, the second lowest, if I remember this, uh, the graph correctly. So I think those are things that you can try to do. And then obviously making sure our players are supported. You know, my, my door is always open. Bev's door is always open. Our staff's door is always open. And we're really proud of, of the support that we give our players and the the plans and processes we put in place to, to make sure they have what they need. What can you tell us uh, right now about the assistant coach that's going to replace Mario Sanchez, who, as we know, took a uh, head coaching job in Tulsa. Um, is there someone who's going to be announced soon? 
I'd like to get them announced as soon as possible. Um, we're through. We're going through the background process now. Our uh, contract is finished. Um, most importantly, I want to thank Mario for his time and, and what he did to to grow our club in, in the many years here in Louisville. Uh, his support for myself, for Bev, it was incredible. But we're excited to see what he does in Tulsa on every game except for when he plays Loose City. I've got a question that's a little bit off uh, off of what we were saying because you had said two things during this conversation. Number one, that when you were with the national team, within half a session, you could tell whether a player was going to make it or not. You also brought up Millie Clegg. How long did you how, – how many uh, minutes did it take for you to watch her to determine – that she's got it. Believe it or not, I first heard about Millie Clay when I was down with the national team in January camp of 2023 when we played New Zealand. That's when I first heard of Millie. Um, we didn't start really tracking her until June-ish. Um, and she hadn't actually signed with an agent, I don't believe, until July. That's more from memory now, so it might be a little bit off. But Millie, uh, I think, is a generational player. Um, a player who's obviously competed at a high level um, in, in a position we need. Now, the thing I think with Millie is, is she's 18 years old. It's going to take some time. So if, if Millie doesn't score 10 goals this season, we, we all feel okay about it. You know, we're going to let her get in and, and get comfortable and, and get healthy and make sure she gets the support she needs. Our, our medical team right now is managing Millie's um, rehab with the head physio for the New Zealand men's national team down in Auckland. And uh, we're excited to get her here. And I know she's excited to, to get to Louisville. That's great. Um, I'm really excited to have another uh, another player from New Zealand on the team. You know, we're just collecting them all. Um, so I feel like all my questions so far have been trying to get some breaking news out of you. <laughs> so this next, this next question is no different. Uh, many teams are getting new kits this year. Uh, what's the status of racing's new kits? Uh, any timeline on when they'll be announced? You're really looking for the, the, the news this time. I am. I well, keep digging, you know, I boring answers. <laughs> um, a, I want to know what you guys think about the, the mint or the teal. We, there's a big debate in the office about it. Uh, training kits and what you guys think about that. I'd love to know that. What, whether they look teal or mint. Well, well, if you like them or not, I guess. But I, yeah. I really like them and think they're really pretty with the lavender, but I do yeah. believe that they're teal and not mint. But I thought I thought the accents on the right here are mint. Are, are they not? They're they're more mint. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like when you look at it from afar, I think you get a little a little bit of mint, and I, I kind of like that. Um, I think Nike yeah. did a good job actually. We're getting two new kits this year. Mm -hmm. We are. They will be announced at the end of February. Okay. All right. Like, so we we have a little time to wait then, huh? You know, yeah. The way, believe it or not, on Friday we are finalizing the 2026 kit. Oh, you have wow. to do that two years in advance. The 2026 wow. kit will, I think, be finalized or at least close to it um, on Friday. So, wow, 25 is already done. Believe it or not. So, also follow up. How relieved were you that the kits did not get accidentally revealed uh, by FIFA? Wasn't it? Some of the kits got accidentally revealed by EA. Um, by, by EA, yeah. yes, I, I that's get, what it was. When these things happen, I get like 800 text messages <laughs> from my comm staff. So it's not, I was happy when our sin kid leaked. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I think uh, I was, truthfully, I'm really excited about one. The one that, I, that I'm excited about, I did not think I would like when I saw the renderings. This all happened before I got here. 
And I was like, no, this isn't going to work. And now I've seen it on our like players uh, and it looks really sharp. So I'm excited. Oh, okay. Cool. So are we getting new kits then in 2025 You get one new kit in 2025. too? Okay. Is it the, so are we getting a new home kit for two years this year? Or are we getting a new away kit for two years this year? You're really stretching me here for this breaking news. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look it. you'll get That's you'll get a why new I home think we kit have for you on, Ryan. you'll get a new you'll get a new home kit for two years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good to know. So last season was your first season as a general manager of an NWSL club. What was the biggest lesson you think you've learned over the course of that season? Oh my gosh. That's a great question. I, I think, I think patience is important. I was actually talking to someone who's taken a, a role um, for the national team with an NWSL team. And I, I told him, I said, man, like, just be patient, learn this first year. I think I came in and I dove head first into a lot and I probably in hindsight would have done it a little bit um, more reserved and, and taken a little bit more time to uh, absorb everything. Um, I can't believe how long the season is. There is no off season. If anyone tells you there is, they're they're crazy. Um, and no, I just I, I think it's a long grinding season, and you need to absorb everything that's going on. It's ever changing, and uh, I, I hope this year I, I do a better job than I did last year. You arrived after preseason last year, but in general, how do you feel about racing's chances heading into this season versus last season? Yeah, it's a um, bit of a loaded one, but I think 24, having had the offseason to, to get them together where I, you know, where we wanted them, I feel really good about 24. I think we finally have the the people, this family culture has been you know, kept in. You think when with this roster turnover that you might lose that, and that was a worry, but they haven't. The players have come into my office or are just stopped in the meal room and said, the culture is just so great. We've never been around an environment like this, and that makes me so happy. We're, we're talking about, you know, a family environment, you know, they're, they're working hard, they're competing every single day. Um, so I think heading into 2024, feel really good. We, we've created a great technical staff. I'm excited about our assistant coach we're going to announce um, whenever that may be. Of course, the timeline's not in um, any of our hands. Um, you know, we're excited about Bev being here, our entire support staff return. One thing I think that's important to note here is we got an anonymous survey from the players. Every year, the end of the cell does an anonymous survey. And they sent it to the players. We had 23 of our players filled it out. And racing will finish second in player satisfaction in the league. And I think that's Wow. such a testament to the people who put the work in before I got here. I'm so proud of the work we did after I got here to support our players and the programs we've created off the field. Our big three, our three pillars are on-field success, off-field development, and community impact. And we've hit all three of those in such an amazing way. You know, Bev is doing such a great job with, you know, her meetings and her style of play and, and energizing our group, finding players and, and, you know, identifying them and us going out and, and securing them. Our off-field development, we've created programs, you know, whether it's allowing our players to go back to college and if they want to, you know further their education um you know we work with them to do like Laura Malay's tree playing what Jalen Howell did with DSL Louisville and then or I guess Down syndrome Louisville and then community impact how do we continue to raise the bar we've we've raised money to build many soccer pitches I'm sure this is breaking news in impoverished areas of Louisville 
I feel like finally we're, we're as a club trending in such a positive direction. Our on-field success is going to get there. I know it is with Bev. We're developing pe uh, players as, as human beings, as well as soccer players. And we're making our, our city better and stronger. And I'm just so excited about what we're doing. And I think 24 is going to be a great year to sum it up. And, and real quick, just uh, uh, piggybacking on that, a, a touch, Ryan, is that I have a, a coworker of mine who has a daughter with uh, Down syndrome. And he's telling me all the time, oh, racing's doing this thing with uh, DSL. Oh, I got this notification. So the community service that y'all are doing, um, and specifically Jay with, with Down syndrome Louisville, like it's, it's not for the photo ops. I mean – 90 95 99 percent of the stuff there isn't press there to take pictures it is real work in the community just to uh, to make the community better and that's it's fantastic it's genuine and it's sincere no it is and Jalen does such a great job she brought out a friend Mike you know when we did the clinic I remember Jalen sitting in my office saying Ryan you know Mike used to want to get a t-shirt from his football camps that he would go to I really want to get t-shirts for the campers all right, Jay, let's do it. Let's find it. We got sponsors that players had t-shirts. The, the players came out. It was just such a great moment. And, and she's done such incredible work. Um, she deserves a, a lot of credit. Uh, Jeff Greer and, and Steph Burdorf deserve a lot of credit for supporting her. Um, and, and I'm just so excited by that. But then Aaron Wright has already come in. The first, I picked her up at the airport and I go, you know, what is, you know, we try to improve the community. And she goes, oh, I want to work on, she's a young, uh, she's a young three-year-old boy. I want to work on, you know, ways to give back to those who need, you know, things to support young children. And there, I think there is a need for that. And so how can we continue to elevate not only what we're doing with Down syndrome Louisville, but every other um, initiative that our players want. And we, we never will say no. If our players come to us and say, you know, Ryan, Jeff, Steph, how can we impact our community? We're going to do everything we can to help. That's awesome. Um, well, we've reached the segment, uh, of the interview where we take interview or uh, listener questions. Um, we put out uh, a call for questions from the Legion uh, in the Slack and also on Twitter. And uh, first question, uh, it's simply, uh, you know, my question. And I want to explain this because it's from <laughs> Lavender Legion member and uh, capo Brandon Condra. And when he says, you know, my question, it is about the big debate within the Lavender Legion and it's, about a certain type of Gatorade. So Ryan, what are your thoughts on cucumber lime Gatorade? Yes or no? So I saw this question on Twitter and I was actually like, <laughs> I remember calling him Jeff and I was like, what is, what is this question? I <laughs> I'm missing something. I don't, I don't like drink Gatorade. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. Never, never, ever. I mean, it's certainly not cucumber lime. You're, Ooh, okay, there you go. You're not missing anything. I'm I'm of the camp that it is awful. So all right, guys, it, it you tastes, heard it. It tastes first. like socks. Yeah. So. GM Ryandell is team no cucumber lime Gatorade. Correct. No, no cucumber lime Gatorade. <laughs> I don't understand. I didn't know that was such a thing. I didn't know that was an, an infatuation. It, it is around these parts. <laughs> kind kind of alarmingly so, but um. <laughs> You know what? You've you've answered correctly, so you're all you're all right in my book. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, this is a very broad question, and I know it's going to be hard to to answer. But from Jeremy Wells on Twitter, he would like to know your take on how allocation money works. <laughs> 
Plus, what is racing's approach to dealing with it? And I'm going to change that a little bit to what is your approach, especially now that we know it's going away? You know, you are still making trades with allocation money. You know, we traded Julia Lester, got some money back. How how are our teams in the league in general dealing with that major rules change? Well, how much time do we have? Right. <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's like three. That's That could be its own podcast just talking about allocation money. No, I think allocation money, this this is where I'm really proud of our ownership group and really thankful to them. They they stepped up, they they gave us more allocation money right before the deadline. You know, well, not right before, you know, 10 days before, you know, in December. And, and we were that allowed us to do a lot of the moves that we made this offseason to strengthen this roster. So I'm very fortunate for that. Allocation money will go away in 2026. I, I don't think we want to go down the wormhole of alternate allocation money, which I think I broke Twitter when I when I made that trade. <laughs> which you invented, so congratulations. Ultimate allocation money is, a, is basically the ability to buy allocation money, but that money had to be bought before the end of the year. We knew we were, to, basically from racing's perspective, we were going to buy up to a certain amount um, of actual the $600,000 that you're allowed. Alternate allocation money was on the books, and we either had to buy it or trade it which is what allowed that trade to happen. Now, alternate allocation money is not one for one because you still have to write the check. Allocation money, you have to physically present the money to to have it. So that was where that trade number came from is, is a little bit different. Um, so we basically created a formula that created the percentage for that trade. Um, but allocation money, as it goes away in 2026, will be interesting. That's why you're starting to see the inner trade or inner league transfer fees. So essentially now if we traded for Taylor Flint, you know, with that, we would then wire $150,000 to San Diego. So it's changing how um, clubs operate in terms of finances. So allocation money will continue to carry over through 2026. Our philosophy was we, we know how much allocation money we have. I knew how much I wanted to carry over into next offseason so we could continue to make trades. Um, and then Bev and I just worked on, on what made sense for us. So, a lot of it was whether the negotiation of allocation money, um, you know, draft picks, what are the value of those? So it's a very wide ranging topic. Um, but our philosophy right now is we feel we're in a really good spot with allocation. Money. It's the Tempe deal going through before the end of December allowed us to, to bank a lot of that. Um, and I will, since we're in the process of breaking news on this podcast, um, we have a little alternate allocation money left that we can fund and we will fund. Uh, in the next two years. So just as a follow-up really quickly, I, I'm interested on your take about the fact that allocation money is going away. Do you think that will free things up for teams where you will have more, like it's just your money now and you can just wire it? Or are there going to be all other sorts of bells and whistles and trap doors that are going to complicate it and not make it seem not make it as easy as it might sound i don't think there's gonna be the bells and whistles and trap doors i, I think it's gonna the idea is that it's gonna simplify it but there's rules associated with it so in that pot you have five hundred thousand dollars and that's where it gets very complicated as an example so if if i used 150 of that money on taylor then i would have you know three hundred fifty thousand dollars left but then i got 60 back so now my pot goes up to you know, you could do the math 410. So it's, it's, I think it's going to get a little bit more complicated. And then you're also going to have the finances immediately to support it. So it, I, I think it's almost changing. You're, you're, you're essentially using the same process with a different name. 
in some senses. Okay. Did I explain that okay? Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. That answered my question yeah. perfectly. So it's kind of a confusing one, to be honest. It's all anything to do with allocation money or funding in general is confusing, <laughs> but I think you explained it very well. You explained it very well, Ryan. If you uh, wanted to leave uh, Racing Louisville, I think you could probably sell cryptocurrency because you uh, <laughs> took something complex and made it much easier. So nice work. I have a less complicated question for you. Um, what efforts are planned to bring new fans into Lynn Family Stadium this year? And there's a second part that I think may be more important is, and this is from Jessica on Twitter or X, are there any plans on the horizon to engage other parts of the state? There are. There are plans. Uh, we've had a, we have a great marketing campaign that we're excited to roll out. That I've sat in on the meetings. I don't think I offer anything to these meetings, but I, I listen. Um, I think we are working in Lexington. We've talked about we're putting a billboard right outside Rupp Arena uh, to welcome Aaron and obviously uh, Yuka into um, into racing. So we, we're excited about that. I think we need to find ways to expand our brand throughout the, the Commonwealth. And um, that's something we're, we're starting to focus on now. One area we're looking at is caravans, right? How do we take players into other areas of our state to grow our brand recognition? I had a meeting today on um, with a local business leader on how do we spread the word within the, you know, the women leadership groups to uh, show we have this special thing here at Race in Louisville within the NWSL, within the media rights, the largest investment, you know, in, in women's sports history when you look at that. And then we're also trying to start a fan council, which I'm actually, was, was an idea I came up with. And, and I don't know if Margo spoke to it a little bit earlier or not, but she, mm -hmm. that's something we're really excited. I actually met with her a little bit today on how do we get that going? Cause I think it's important that we hear, um, from our, our fans. I think, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to have the first one on the week between our time in uh, Tucson and in Columbia. I think we're just going to have them in my office and just sit there and have a cup of coffee and see how can we continue to grow this? How can we continue to make racing Louisville better? And how can we continue to bring in bigger fans? Great. Uh, next question is from uh, Louisville Heretics on Twitter. And it's, is there any movement within the NWSL to allow teams to assign academy players and or protect W League players without going through the draft. I feel like I feel like this is a question that gets asked every year, and I I think it's uh, valuable to ask it every year because things change so much within the league. It's a tough one right now with where we sit to answer. Um, I think right now we, yeah, there's obviously whispers or rumors that the draft is going away. I think that's made it around. I don't think I'm sharing any state secrets. Um developing a U18 player in Racing's Academy, the Racing being the only ECNL Academy um, that's owned and operated by an NWSL team, I think I've talked about this before, is so important to what we're doing. And we actually have a couple of players coming through the system that we're excited about. Our Academy coaches keep uh, us very up to date on that. And then the new assistant coach will, will handle that. That was one of Mario's responsibilities as technical director was to make sure we align ourselves in a player pathway. Um, that's a, very important to me that, you know, players when they come in at 12 years old, know what it's, takes to be a racing Louisville player at 18 years old what are the steps they need to make what are the criterias so we're working on that um positionally right now it's essentially a free-for-all with u18s we could sign anyone from anywhere um but obviously building those relationships with agents and in 
um, that is important. And we what we're trying to do now is bring in better. Well, we've seen with the W League. I mean, let's talk about the W League for a second. Allie Set and I played for our W League team, came in to train this summer. Allie won, you know, was, was interested in coming to Louisville if we had the pick that would, would get her here. Um, you talk about Emily Madrill at one point. Um, so those players come in. Uh, Peyton Linehan played there. Um, Corey Dyke played there. So you go down the list of our draft picks, and what that's done is allowed players to see our facilities, uh, see what Louisville is like, and, and all of a sudden they love it. They love the facilities. They love the fans. They love the academy, and they love the stadium. And so how do we bring players in to play in our W League team now and utilize that as a catalyst to signing them later. So that's one of the biggest things that I want to address um, now that we're post, you know, kind of off season is how do we start to build out our W league roster and then utilize it um, in the future, especially if we lose the draft. Fantastic. So Camille from Twitter X says, I'm interested in the team's scouting. They seem to cast a wide net across the globe. Who is part of the scouting team and what type of process do they have to ID their top choices? And then she adds in parentheses without giving away any secrets and gives a smiley. Yeah, no, I think scouting is, um, is an important piece of what we do. A lot of that is led by our technical staff. Um, you know, Bev, the assistant coach, Mitch Sergio, they do a lot. They do that in the player identification pieces. And then it kind of comes back to me. Um, we have data that we support it with. We support it with, you know, video. Um, and it's funny how you find players. Um, uh, uh, you know, agents will send you lists for days, and to comb through those is, is an interesting process. Um, but let's use Linda Matala. Linda Matala was found um, while we were actually looking at a different player an agent had sent. And then you say, oh, wow, who, you know, it caught Bev's eye. Wow, who's this? And then we start digging deeper and we go through the the, the data. Um, and then, you know, kind of make a decision from there. But for us, it's, you know, data, culture, personality is part of our check as well. We, you know, if we're going to sign a player, we want to make sure they fit into the culture that we're building in Louisville. Um, and it's all kind of adds up to the, the next step. At RL Foxy T-Rex on Twitter asks, it's uh, a good one. With Bev going from assistant to head coach and Mario heading to Tulsa FC, it seems like racing is starting to develop a sort of coaching pipeline, training the next generation of coaches. Are there any plans to do something similar by expanding the front office with assistant GMs? At this time, we're, we're not going to go down that role. Um, but we, we do feel like we are developing great people in our uh, front office and and our player support systems. So we we've managed to to hire an additional assistant coach. We've hired um, a player operations coordinator, player care person that we're really excited about. That I think will continue to give support to our players. Um, and then we're of course working on a few other things. So we we feel like we're continuing to grow our staff and in, in you know in a really positive way. And I think they're all fitting in quite nice. So we we feel good about where we're at uh, as a staff at this moment. Ryan, I want to shout you out, and I won't name the player's name because uh, personal to her, but um, at a recent networking event uh, here in the Louisville business community, a racing Louisville player had a nice long conversation with my wife. She said that she 
uh, had a desire after her racing career or her playing career was over to get into the front office, and you encouraged her to go out, network, uh, build those skills that would help her in business. So even if you're not at, you're not looking to uh, add to your management staff right now, uh, the club is helping and encouraging and giving resources to those players that may want to get to uh, uh, the GM side when their career is over, which I thought was awesome. No, I think it's one of the things we have to do. Thank you, Tom, for that. Uh, I think it's, you know, we talk about our players. I've encouraged some of our players to take the B license, you know, and what supports we need. One of the players needed a laptop. The, Ryan, I don't have a laptop to take the course on. No problem. We'll, we'll get it sorted for you. I want to make sure our players have – the tools that they need to grow. That's what we talked about, you know, education earlier. If you want to go back and get uh, an MBA or, you know, a bachelor's, if that's your thing, whatever you need, let's, let's provide the resources to them. So I'm really proud of the culture uh, we're building in Louisville, but I'm also proud of our players for always looking to grow themselves. And I think that speaks volumes to, to who they are as people. Yeah. Next question is from Fook Wen from Twitter. Uh, and he asks, Ryan, what is your favorite meal to have in Louisville? So I saw this one on Twitter, and my wife and I were debating this, actually. Oh. Um, we determined that there's Harry's Rooftop, which is attached to Malone's. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, every time we come back to Louisville from traveling, whatever it is, we want to go to Harry's. We just love Harry's. It's, it's our comfort place. It's very simple. We're very simple people. Um, so we, we love, we love Harry's. Um, if it's something more casual, there's a, a little restaurant or bar around the corner from our house um, that we like to go to Caram's. Our guy, Rob in there takes care of us all the time. So we, we love to go see Rob. So very simple, nothing crazy or nothing fancy, but the food in Louisville is incredible. We keep having new restaurants added. I, I talked to Low Malay or a few other players and I keep adding restaurants onto my list that we have to go to. So we're excited to continue to try. <laughs> no, it's it's fantastic. So Christian F on the Lavender Legion Slack asks, who do you consider to be our one true rival amongst the NWSL teams? This is a big debate amongst the Legion. It's a really good question. I don't our one true rival. And some people say we don't even have one yet. So that's also a fair answer. I don't, I mean, I don't know if we do, do we? Um, I feel like if I give you an answer, it's just going to be bulletin board material at some point. Um, <laughs> I, I think that from a proximity perspective, I think Chicago is an interesting one for us. Um, I don't know if that one, I actually intrigued by what the, uh, the Legion have said. Um, I think now people are obviously a little bit frustrated with Utah. Yes. Um, I won't. Yeah. I won't share my personal insights to that. Um, I personally have a little one with San Diego, given Molly and Jill are there. I like to I like to beat them every time. Um, so no, I I'm interested in what they say. I I feel like well we joke not we don't really joke, but someone said Houston. Or Freya, who used to Freya Olafson, who used to play here, she said Houston because I think that's because we had to play them so many times in the Challenge Cup that it was just like, yeah, they are our rivals. We do not like them, but th there's not really any basis to it except for that. So, 
I hope we get to the point where there is a basis for a rival. I think yeah. I think we should, that's yeah. we should embrace. We finishing with San Diego each year now, like now that the schedule's out, I think is is an interesting one too. But no, I think Chicago, given just the proximity and, and the relationship between the two clubs, if I had to guess. That's, that's All right. a good one. Laney Taylor from the uh, Lavender Legion Slack says, Comparing yourself, and by the way, we're down to our last two questions, so you're almost <laughs> off the hook, um, except for all the follow-ups that we'll have when we're done with these. Comparing yourself to other teams in the NWSL, what benchmarks do you use to continuously improve? I think our biggest goal this season is to make the playoffs. And, and that's a very straightforward, direct benchmark, but it is one of our three goals. I want to develop people every single day, not not just players, but staff as well, and, and allow them to grow. Um, but I, I think making the playoffs is is the goal that we all have. Um, and we all know, it. We, you know we, we came down to decision day last year. Um, and I think this team, when you look at it, we're returning 75% of our minutes, 70% of our goals, and the players that we brought in, which are exciting that the level of training is through the roof right now. And I, I can't wait to to see them get on the field. Cause I think um, it reminds me of a, a moment in my national team career. We played Thailand and uh, in the world cup in 2019. And I remember opening the door for the referee inspection and multiple players. And I won't name names were dancing on the tables in the locker room. They were so excited to play that soccer game that they couldn't wait. They were basically being held in the locker room. And I feel like that's where our group is right now. They are ready to go. They are ready to run through a wall for their head coach and for the city. And I think, you know, when we talk about benchmarks, great. But I'm excited just to see them get on the field. That's the first benchmark I want to hit. Love it. And our final question is from Rich James from the Legion Slack. Uh, we, we kind of talked about this earlier, but it's worded a little bit differently. Um, when can we, can we look to see a pipeline from academy to developmental league to the first team at racing? It's something we'd like to get going as quick as possible. Um, I think that it's probably a few years off still but with something we would like to very much invest in um, in time and resources to, to make it happen. We're, we're hopeful that we can get that going here uh, very quickly. Great. I actually think we have one, one more question to ask. Great, great. Um, well, I promise last one. Uh, so we have a segment on the show called the mint mix. If you've heard the show before, you know, it's where I or the rest of us, choose songs each week that kind of sum up what the general feeling around the team is, how the season's going, things like that. So we do like to ask our guests um, if we have one on, do you have a contribution to the mix? Is there a song that you're listening to lately or that you could use to describe? Uh, you don't want my mix. I'm, I'm like three folk. Like you don't. Oh want no, no, no. Ryan, we mix. love all Ryan, kinds of music. We've broken the starting algorithm. off the entire yeah. year. We, I feel like there's got to be like a song like there's got to be a song like we just talked about like 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 I don't even know a song I'm not I'm, not, I'm a country yeah, yeah. Guy. Nah, talk it out my friend talk it out we like, this is gonna like, be like a bring song. Them, what's the song that's oh, like bring, bring them out, out bring you them know, out like, yes uh, uh, I feel like that I feel like that's the energy we have of like 
let's just let's let's play soccer. I'm yeah. worried they're gonna <laughs> kill themselves in Colombia because they're like we go they were so let's ready. Bring to them play. out by Ti, and that's a great that's a great pump up song. Yes, you're right. Um, that's it. So there we go. Well, that's what we'll start with. That's very not my brand. No, we'll look, go, all we'll all music is welcome on the mint mix. We've I think we've broken the algorithm. It's so confused because I mean we have like Frozen. We have music from Frozen, but then we have like uh limp biscuit as well i think there's you know just other random things as well so this is actually yeah yeah it's, it's great we love it we love all music so thank you for that ryan for starting off the mint mix <laughs> no that's what it reminded me of we're just talking about them like we're literally ready to run through a wall so we'll we'll start the mint mix with ti which i, I never <laughs> thought i would say hey it's it's a new year new season New unexpected things are happening. Ryan, thank you so much for for taking time to join us tonight. We really appreciated you giving us all this insight into how the preseason's going and what we can look forward to in the new year. Um, I don't know. You've gotten me pumped up. I'm really excited to see what the team can do this year. Well, thank you for having me. This is uh, it's going to be an exciting 2024. Uh, we're all just excited to get them on the field and 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 uh, see where we go. Well, one thing that listeners of the Butchertown Rundown can always appreciate is that when Becky Morgan is involved with an interview, breaking news happens. We're getting new kits. Um, we've got new players coming in. I mean, how cool was that interview? Well, Caitlin was the one that was <laughs> oh, that's right, <laughs> antagonizing him this time. Tom, last time you tried to get him in trouble for free agency. This time, Caitlin was trying to get the breaking news. So I guess next time I'm going to have to be the one that tries to put him on the hot spot. Apparently, I I tried, guys. I I asked real nicely. And, and we got um, some information about the kits and stuff, though. We, we did. We did. Um, but yeah, we appreciate Ryan uh, being a good sport about that and uh, answering what he could for us. And for real, though, I mean, we say it almost every time on this podcast. It's a top women's soccer league in the world. And you've got the general manager of your club coming on here and asking, answering not just questions from us, but just listener questions. And I mean, just very cool, very generous with his time. And I mean, man, this is, I mean, I have not been this fired up about the beginning of a racing season since year one. I mean, it seems like this club, we have just, we're just ready to go. I agree. I agree. I'm really excited. And it excites me that that has been what every single person from inside the club has said. Every single person I've spoken to from every level of the office, from every department, from players to general managers, to the ticket office, to the communications department, like, and you can tell that they really mean it. It's mm -hmm. not just like, yes, we love racing. It is a good place and the players are excited. Like, no, it is like palpable <laughs> excitement. Mm -hmm. And that's that's really fun. It's a really fun place to be right now. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be a racing fan, for sure. Well, we have only scratched the surface of this season. We've talked with uh, ticketing. We've talked with the GM. We have so much more to talk about. We haven't talked about the uh, the player acquisitions. We haven't talked about what we're hoping for with this season with predictions. We will have a 
so much fun this year with uh, the Butchertown Rundown. We hope that if you are listening, that you keep with us. And we look forward to uh, recording this podcast for this next season. I think it's going to be a fun one. I don't know. Becky, Caitlin, this was fun. Let's do it again. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs>